Hello, hello, my beautiful friend. If you are listening to this on the day it airs, happy 4th of July. And if you are listening at a later time, I hope you are having a very happy day. Now, if you follow me on Instagram at LiveLabelFree or have read any of my blogs at LiveLabelFree.com, you know that the 4th of July is quite a special day for me. But it wasn't always this way. In fact, growing up as an undiagnosed autistic person, I hated the 4th of July. I always associated it with parties and fireworks and new foods, basically an autistic person's ultimate nightmare. But that association completely changed on the 4th of July in 2017, the day I decided to fight for my own independence my independence from my eating disorder. That's why I found it quite fitting to share my story on this day specifically as that's something I realized I haven't ever done on my podcast. Who am I? How did I get from almost dying to becoming live label free? I'll be taking you from baby Livia to label free Livia, sharing my setbacks, victories, and Everything in between on this fifth anniversary of me choosing to fully recover. And because this is a bit of a more vulnerable episode, I'd absolutely love it if you could reach out to me on Instagram at LiveLabelFree and send me a DM and tell me what you thought of this episode. Connecting with people that share similar stories always makes my heart so happy and it is truly the reason I am here today. I appreciate you being here with me and without further ado, Let's dive in. Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where we talk about all things eating disorder recovery, autism, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and my mission is to inspire individuals from across the globe to live a life in which they feel fulfilled and free from limiting labels. I am so excited to have you here and cannot wait to dive into the episode. When it comes to my story, I always like to start at the very beginning. What can I say? My autistic brain loves logic, and what's a more logical starting point than the starting point of my life? I was born on November 19, 1999, and at 11.09, so yeah, I kind of have a thing for ones and nines, to two amazing Dutch parents in The Hague, Netherlands. So yes, I am 100% Dutch. My upbringing, however, was not so Dutch. When I was just six months old, I moved to Boston with my parents. What was presumably going to be a couple years turned into 15 years and two younger sisters later. Not to mention an incredible education, the opportunity to have played loads of different sports, and simultaneously being raised among two different cultures. My most vivid memories of this culture crossover include celebrating Sinterklaas or St. Nicholas, which, if you are listening to this and are not Dutch, is a holiday comparable to Christmas. 
but instead of getting presents under the tree, you set your shoe by the fireplace and get small gifts in your shoe the next morning, along with loads of yummy cookies called Bepunota. I also remember school breakfasts growing up. Most of the parents would bring crappy Dunkin' Donuts coffee, muffins, bagels, and all the other typical American breakfast foods, but the real hit of the party was always my mom's homemade Buffertjes, which are fluffy little pancakes that are served with butter and lots of powdered sugar. They'd often be gone before my mom even got the chance to put the bowl on the table. When I lived in Boston, we flew to the Netherlands for summer vacation every year, where I got to see my grandparents and enjoy the amazingly long Dutch summer days. I'm not even joking when I say that the sun rises around 5am and doesn't set until 11pm during the summer in Holland, so if you ever do plan on traveling there, definitely go in the summer. Because the winter is quite the opposite, as it's rainy, cold, and just doom and gloom from November to February. This is one of the main reasons I decided to move to California this past year, because it was just getting too dang depressing. But before I jump to that part of my story, there's of course a lot that has happened between my innocent childhood and where I am now. Growing up, I always knew I was different. Yes, I played sports and got good grades and participated in the usual activities kids do, but I never felt like I fit in. I wasn't interested in small talk or gossiping with the girls, and I often sat alone at lunchtime. I didn't play with toys like some of my friends did, as I would rather spend my time organizing or drawing symmetrical rainbows and castles. I hated going to parties or really anything out of the ordinary as I preferred my routine and a life that was predictable. Oh, and I almost forgot, I was the pickiest eater. I'm pretty sure I ate the exact same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 10 years straight. It was also very evident from the start that I was going to be an entrepreneur because I was always trying to find ways to make some cash. I would have lemonade stands, bake sales, and beg my mom to give me chores that I would be reimbursed for. I even learned how to do origami so I could sell the results of my creative endeavors, including my symmetrical rainbow and castle drawings. The funny thing is though, that I wasn't ever trying to make money for a special reason. Just like I wanted all these toys only to set them up and never play with them, I wanted to earn money just so I could save it. I feel like it was almost about feeling like I had a sense of security or purpose in some way, working for something and then getting compensated for it. It made me feel safe. And speaking of compensation, I want to shift gears a little bit and share about the start of my eating disorder. I was in fifth grade, 11 years old or so, and I started becoming very interested in quote-unquote healthy eating. We were learning about puberty and nutrition in school at the time, and I just remember taking so much of what was being said literally. Exercise for X amount of minutes each day. Eat fruit instead of a cookie. Swap whole milk for fat-free and all of the other diet culture-infused recommendations our world is infested with nowadays. Now, 
I'm not saying that certain recommendations are necessarily bad. I don't believe in good or bad, wrong or right, because those are subjective labels and I'm all about living label free, baby. However, for children that have perfectionistic tendencies and are prone to obsessive ways of thinking, such education can do more harm than good. It was at this time when I became obsessed with running and only eating what I believed was quote-unquote recommended. Instead of eating my usual Fruit Loops or Cinnamon Toast Crunch with whole milk, I started eating Raisin Bran and insisted I come along to the grocery store to add skim milk and fat-free yogurt to the shopping cart. I started packing my own lunch for school, which was no longer going to be the usual white bagel with cream cheese or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I stopped eating all of my baked goods and became obsessed with feeding everyone besides myself. Always having had a very small frame, a couple pounds of weight loss was enough to send me into the hospital with a dangerously low heart rate. I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa at age 12, which was just the start of a long and painful journey. I went in and out of forced treatment, obeying and following all the rules while there, making sure to eat and rest and be the quote-unquote perfect patient wherever I went. But as soon as I came out, it was a downward spiral of restriction and over-exercise. In 2015, my family moved back to the Netherlands. It was also at this time that my parents started fighting a lot, and the move back to our home country was part of a desperate effort to save the relationship. Of course, no change of external location can fix a problem that's really meant to be healed from the inside out. Just six months later, my mom, sisters, and I moved out of the house in the Netherlands as my dad had been out of work since 2008 and my mom was the sole breadwinner of the family. As far as my eating disorder went, I just kept getting sicker and sicker. The international move paired with a new school, people I'd never met, and feeling responsible for my parents' issues led me to feeling utterly hopeless. So I fully turned to the one thing I knew I could control, how much I ate and how much I exercised. I was quickly admitted to an inpatient clinic in the Netherlands, which was honestly the most traumatic experience of my life. I'll spare you the details for another time, and I actually am writing a book right now, so be sure to keep an eye out for that so you can read my entire story, but after four months of not only making zero progress in this clinic, but spiraling even deeper into my eating disorder, I was kicked out of treatment with the parting message, you're just going to have to accept the fact that you are never going to get better. As I'm sure you can imagine, these words made quite an impact on an utterly fragile 15-year-old. I had already lost all hope in myself, and now that the quote-unquote professionals were also giving up on me, I was sent home being labeled as too complex, and what followed were daily panic attacks and complete entrapment in the deepest depths of my eating disorder. 
It was right after one panic attack, after I had been calmed down by my mother and two sisters who were shaking of terror, that I lay on my bed crying, exclaiming that I couldn't live like this anymore. At this point, I knew I was either going to have to choose to change or have the eating disorder choose for me. So, I chose to change. On July 4th, which coincidentally, or perhaps this was meant to be, as this is Independence Day in the USA, I committed to full recovery and assigned myself no choice. Every action going forward was going to be towards the possibility of living. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat this and say that I did not have a war going on in my head every second of every day. Everything was about to change and I was overcome by fear of the unknown. The lack of certainty or guarantee of the future is what keeps people stuck in the seeming safety of the eating disorder, but in that moment, one thing was for certain. I was miserable and simply could not go on like this anymore. Yes, there was no guarantee of what my future would look like, but anything had to be better than this. Fast forward to five years later and I can assure you absolutely everything and beyond is better. In fact, it's better than the best I could have ever even imagined. Now, I do want to note that I had absolutely no idea I was autistic when I started recovery back in 2017. I believe it's this lack of knowledge that caused traditional treatment to only make my eating disorder worse every time because the approaches tried to rid me of the very traits that are simply my autistic traits. When I discovered I am autistic back in 2020, I almost want to say that was the cherry on top of my recovery. The trigger that allowed me to go from being in recovery to fully recovered. Finding out I have autism made me realize that achieving a state of full recovery will be a different journey than for someone who is not autistic. And that realization is the very reason I do what I do today. Providing 100% individualized coaching to neurodivergent individuals that are committed to fully recovering from their eating disorder. I did it despite being tossed out of the system and being labeled as a complex and hopeless case. And if I did it, so can you. It doesn't matter whether or not you're diagnosed. It doesn't matter how long you've been struggling, and it doesn't matter where you came from. All that matters is that you're here right now and that you are committed to getting better. So if you're ready to take the next steps and embark on your own journey to freedom, I would absolutely love to guide you there through my signature one-on-one -on -one coaching program. You can schedule a completely free 20-minute strategy session with me to see if coaching would be a good fit by heading over to livelabelfree.com forward slash schedule. I hope to see you there soon and remember, full recovery is 100% possible for you, my friend. I'm sending you so much love. Bye-bye now.